The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you do not know you do not even have a bucket, and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this, this cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst the water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying, I do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still no one said, what are you looking for? Or what are you talking? Why are you talking with her? <clears throat> the woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, in four months the harvest will be ready? I tell you, look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. 
the reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me everything I have done. When the Samaritan, Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word, and they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Let me start with a word of warning. Never attempt to engage me in conversation in the morning before my morning shower. <laughs> I need a shower in the morning to wake up. Now, others have coffee, et cetera, et cetera. If the water system ever went down, I'd be in trouble. You'd be in trouble. Because I, I need that shower to wake me up. Now, if, there, if it was just cold water, fine, I could do a sponge bath. But if there was no water, watch out. And I think, obviously, if there was no water, our society would quickly collapse. I mean, we take for granted. You know, we can go into the bathroom and turn on the water, hot and cold. We can drink a glass of good water anytime we want. I mean, we take that for granted. Many parts of the world have nothing like that. They still have to go to a well or a cistern to get water, and that's not purified water. So we're so fortunate that we have that. Uh, and I can see why the, the Hebrews grumbled in the desert. You know, they, they're coming from a place where there was water, and now they're in the desert where there isn't any water, and they have themselves to take care of, and they're they're animals, and there's no water. So they go after Moses. Poor Moses, he always gets these people coming after him when they're not satisfied with what's going on. And they grumble. Again, here are people who were freed from slavery, and they're still grumbling. And they always were grumbling. And because of their grumbling, ultimately, they had to spend 40 years in the desert. Not just 40 days, but 40 years. Uh, and I think we can be like that, too. You know, we grumble. Oh, we got to shovel the driveway, or this has gone wrong. Again, we take things for granted, and yet we're really kind of at the top, the, at the apex of having everything we could possibly want or need. I mean, just go to Wegmans. They're not just one type of cereal. They're 6,543. But that's us. We grumble. And, and yet we have it all. So again, when we look at the, the Hebrews in the desert, you know, we can kind of say, yeah, we'd be grumbling too, because water is essential to life, absolutely essential to life. We know that. And we have the Great Lakes. I mean, that is treasure. Uh, people that come to visit our country, they say, wow, you've got a lot of water. Again, we don't think of it that way, but we do. 
And water, of course, comes up also in the gospel uh, story of the, of the uh, Samaritan woman. Samaritans were basically pseudo-Jews or pseudo-pagans that were considered heretics by the Jews, even though they still followed Moses and the law of Moses. So Jesus has this conversation, says, I can give you living water. I can give you living water, not just this water from this well, this cistern, but I can give you living water. And what is that living water? Well, it's the love of God. That's the love of God. And there's no limit to that. We, know, we never have to worry about that spigot being turned off. We never have to worry about that cistern going dry. It is infinite, the love of God. And that's what Paul says over us has been poured, not just dribbled or dripped, poured the love of God through the Holy Spirit, poured on us. And that's living water because the love of God is what animates us, what created us, what sustains us, and gives us the opportunity to come to the Lord, know the Lord, and one day be with the Lord. And, you know, just as we use water for purification and cleaning, this love of God is a purifying water. We know in the waters of baptism we are purified from original sin. In this love of God, which is everywhere at all times, again, we are being nourished, we are being satisfied, we are being cleansed, we are being sustained, we are being built up so that we can really thrive no matter what the situation is, we can really thrive as the children of God. So with God, there's no limit, no limit to his desire. In fact, we could put it this way, God thirsts for us. He thirsts for our love. And it's up to us also to keep thirsting, to, to work on that, to pray that we have a thirst for God so that we will follow God, that we will be faithful to God, because it's only God, only God that can truly fulfill us. And in this world we know, we see people doing this, doing that, going here, going there, thinking they're gonna be happy, they're gonna be fulfilled, that they're gonna find out who they really are, and instead they're not going to the Lord. And it's only in the Lord, and it doesn't matter who we are. If we're a paraplegic, if we are a king of a country, doesn't matter, we still can only find our fulfillment in God. And there again, God is pouring out his love upon us to get our attention, to make us realize that we belong to him and we can only be joyful and fulfilled if we go to him and we accept this water, this, this pouring out of his love through the Holy Spirit. So we, again, we take that for granted too. You know, it's always available to us, but in the West, and in our country in particular, because we have everything, we begin to think, well, I earned it, I deserved it, this is God's gift to me, uh, I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry, uh, so forth and so on, when that's, that's not the message of the gospel. We're supposed to be thinking, God gives it to us, so number one, we realize what the truth is, who is the truth, who is our savior, and then secondly, to be grateful for that so that we in turn will want to go out and say to people, do you want to know the love of God? I mean, he's already pouring it out on you, but you want to get to know this God who is pouring his love on you through the Holy Spirit because he's the one that fulfills. 
And that's what we're supposed to be doing, not just taking for granted what God has given us, not just saying thank you and now I'm going to go back to my room and do what I want, but rather I'm so grateful, Lord, that I want to make sure other people know who you are, that you are the Savior, just as this woman found out. I want other people to know that you are this wellspring of love and that we always have access to that love. And if we want to be quenched, our thirst quenched, if we want to be uh, forgiven of our sins, we go to you and you gladly and joyfully forgive us. So God thirsts for us, do we thirst for God? And what do we need to do to thirst for God? Well, to say to God, help me thirst for you. Help me to know that you and you alone can quench my desires for this, that, or the other thing. Help me to know that you are the Savior and that everything that is good comes from you. <clears throat> and then we need to take that to other people as well. So we have, as always, a lot of work to do. Again, uh, one of the bad things about being out for three, we three weeks was I was reading different articles and everything. And I tell you, there's bad news out there. You know that already from the, from the news reports. But it's, I could tell you a few things that probably uh, make your hair stand on end. You know, it, it's bad out there. But that doesn't mean we should go hunker down. No, that means we should be even more active in the world to say there is a God who saves, who loves you, who alone can give you that, that joy deep down that you want, that peace that you want, that we all desire, that we all uh, hunger for, that we thirst for. And therefore, we need to be constantly going out to share that good news with other people. So we need to ask, Lord, help me thirst even more for you. Help me thirst and constantly go to you. And then, Lord, help me to thirst for the salvation of my brothers and sisters. Help me to have that, that hunger, that thirst, that I will go out like Jesus and I will encounter strangers in your name so that other people can know your goodness and that you are pouring out your love always and everywhere and it is accessible to everyone. That's the good news which we can't contain in our own little life, but we lo we've got to let it overflow. We've got to let it keep overflowing and not give in to fear, not give in to trepidation, but know that Jesus says, don't be afraid. I'll let, the Holy Spirit will let you know what you need to say when the time comes to trust him on that so that we can go out and talk about this pouring out of love from God to every person, because that, again, is our call as Christians. So again, pray for that thirst for God for yourself, and then pray for that thirst that you want to go out to other people and tell them about this loving God who is overflowing in love and mercy and kindness and wants everyone to come to him, to be with him for all eternity. Because that's our call, especially in Lent. It's a good time to think about not just our sins, but what we want to do as a way of saying to God, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. And so I pledge myself to thirst for my brothers and sisters for their salvation and to go out in the world and proclaim, just as Jesus told the Samaritan woman, that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world.